I'm Marisol. And I'm Adam. Welcome to Reading Aloud, a podcast where Adam and I get curious about meaningful and not so meaningful topics. Meanwhile, giving you insight into what we talk about, why we talk about it, and how we talk about it. Be on the lookout for a new release of this podcast every other Thursday. So this is recording number 477 (laughs) on the topic of sex. We may play a clip for you of the last attempt at trying to talk about sex because this whole recording thing feels a lot like sex. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that that when there's pressure to have sex, it goes downhill fast. And so far, we've recorded an incredibly amazing podcast on the topic of sex. When it was just this organic boom, natural, like you asked me a question, we were pressing record, but the sound quality was awful like you we, can't actually we, we did it. it in the car and it was just you know we just couldn't get the sound right it was orgasmic <laughs> organic and we did it in the car <laughs> couldn't get the sound right yeah so since that time we've tried to record over and over and over and it's driving and us crazy because we to... cannot perform under pressure <laughs> mm-hmm. we've tried to replicate that first time <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to play a little clip, just a little clip from the most recent recording, and then we'll get back into it. All right. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you You and me. me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that can be. Let's talk Talk about about sex. Let's talk about sex. You want to? (laughs) Talk about sex? Yeah, definitely. So one of the first things that we did was... You asked me, what, how are you going to talk to your teenager about sex? And I want to ask you that. How, how are you going to talk to your teenager about sex? Like, here, we have no kids. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. First of all, I, everyone needs to know that we are drinking. <laughs> <laughs> what are we drinking? Do you want to explain it? Um, no, because I can't remember the name of it. It's called Rakia. Rakia is like, uh, it's like grappa. And what is grappa? Grappa is basically moonshine made from grapes. I have an injury. We need circulation. We're also talking about sex. Yeah, and and also we've had trouble starting this episode. We've wanted to start it a couple of times. Here's what actually happened is we actually started the episode. We did it in the car and we talked. Are you stressed out at me? No, not at all. We started this episode in the car. We recorded an amazing episode where I basically started without you having any idea what we were going to talk about. And I just pressed play and I said, how would you talk to our 12-year-old about sex if you were you right now? now so none of this is true obviously we don't have kids right now and we don't have a 12 year old so but it was like from this vantage point which then took a whole conversation to the next level about how how sex was talked about to us and then on and on and on and that's where i want it but then it was just muffled by the the it's like it's like the first time that you try to do it and then you nail it and then you can never do it again when it was super boring you guys would have fallen asleep during our sex conversation (laughs) And that's not, and wasn't I, sexy at all. At all. And I just want a big old badangan dangan badonkadonk. I mean, how many references can you make? In all here? of them. All of them. So uh, I'm, I'm curious. Why? Why do you think it's difficult? Stick for, it to me. <laughs> why do you think it's difficult for people to talk about sex? Vagueness. That, this is all vagueness. 
So that's us being super frustrated at each other and hitting the pause button. Um, so yeah, so anyways, I, my, I do have the question, what would you tell your 12-year-old? I would love to know how you, based on how you were raised around sex, how you would talk to a, a kid about sex. And part of what I'm interested in is that you waited a really long time or what seems like a long time to have sex. And I think that that's different and interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can start by telling us like what your, you can start by telling us what your upbringing with sex was. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting question. I appreciate you asking it. I, my relationship with sex in terms of my upbringing, how it was brought up was that I can't remember at all having a, a, an explicit conversation with my parents about sex at all. Ever. You think that was intentional? I have no idea what their intention. I think it was probably they were would plan on it and then it got delayed. And then at a certain point, they just knew that I knew it all. So why anymore? You know, did like, you know it all? Definitely not. I mean, I think I'm still discovering about <laughs> sex, but... Um, did I know the the basics? Yeah, but I don't even know the ages. But the thing is, is that what I learned about sex through essentially absorption. So just absorption of hearing people talk, of seeing things. I remember like watching the the first pornography that I saw in at, at school in like a media room. Some guy brought a VHS. You know, like that was the first. And I don't know how old I was. Maybe a freshman in high school eighth grade somewhere around in there so that so that was kind of how I learned about it was through absorption and what I know now and you asking that question what how would I approach talking to my 12 year old about this topic would be that I would be much more engaged with them in this topic I would be much more open and honest and uh approach them about this topic and I think the interesting thing about sex is that it is an aspect of life that sex and 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 the the desire to have sex the the emotions that go along with that all that is intertwined it's not actually just about for for a kid and especially probably someone 12 in my opinion it's not actually about even the physical act it's about the desire it's about the impact the way their brains interacting with those thoughts and how what's their relationship like a young a young boy when he thinks about sex with a girl or thinks about kissing a girl or any sort of intimate romantic sexual mm -hmm. act with a girl mm -hmm. what relationship does he have to those thoughts is he dominating that girl in those thoughts is is the other girl is, are they both into it is it very romantic you know how is how are those thoughts and so i think that in talking Again, in my opinion, I have no expertise in this, but like in my opinion, talking to a 12-year-old about sex is not just talking to them about, okay, there's, you know, birds and the bees, like kind of this classic conversation. It is about self-esteem. It is about self-worth. It is about respect. It is about consent. It is about how they treat the earth. It is about how they treat other people. All of those things are intertwined with creating a human or influencing a human, I should say, who has a, a healthy relationship with sex. From my own experience, understanding that I didn't have any of that kind of conscious conversation around sex growing up, 
there was a period where I had to experience a lot of growth in my kind of like sexual journey of belt being, I waited for a while, but then, it, you know, I didn't have the, the healthiest relationship with it because it was, it was new and exciting. And there was all these things that like I hadn't really developed. And it wasn't that it was just like, I waited to have sex. It was that I never was relating sex and the act of sex with also who I was as a person. And so starting that process of connecting you as a human being to also then your relationship with sex and having sex, I think is interesting. Are you talking about before or after you started having sex, you were disconnected? After I started. Right. You were still disconnected. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was still sex was like this, again, like as we see it in society, it was this secretive, sexy act that, that happened there was a disconnect. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but there Does was it a feel disconnect. Like transactional or just like, or it was just, it was, it almost sounds like it was primitive and not maybe as conscious. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. It was definitely more primitive. I think that there was, it wasn't that I didn't have conscious relations, you know, over the course of that time, but I think that there was a much more primitive aspect to it. And that the consciousness was was separate, and so you know there was I don't know how long, but there was definitely there wasn't like a moment for me, you know there wasn't like a oh now I have this aha, but looking back I can see how I transitioned kind of from this state to where I am now, where I feel at least where I'm at now having a much healthier holistic integrated ideology of sex and relationship with sex um, as me as a person. I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but I feel like I want to complete this part of the conversation. What do you mean integrated? I know what it, what it's like from my end, but what do you mean as integrated? So for me being integrated is that the way that I show up and, and, give myself over to sexual acts, relations, intercourse is also the same way, the same sort of reverence and and approach that I can show up in the world in a day-to-day way. Right. That's what I mean by integrated is that it, it isn't, it isn't secretive. It is me. It is who I am in that place. And so quickly when I think about talking to a 12-year-old. I think about how am I developing or working with them or influencing them, I should say, to be understanding that connection and being that that best person. So that self-worth, that respect, that seeing other people, that, you know, being able to turn towards peace, peace and health and happiness. Do you think that it's reasonable to expect it to? I mean, first of all, we're dealing with underdeveloped brains, but I also think about my experience, which was that my parents talked to me about sex. My mom did. Um, and, you know, her, I had, a, it was pretty open experience. She said, you know, let at some point in my life, maybe 13 or something, she started suggesting that for anything foreplay was better than sex. And so that, I think that's radical in the sense that right there she's saying, you know, 
if you're going to be intimate, which I guess understanding that there was a good chance that I would, here are the options. Not not many of them made sense to me. I, I think I was experimenting with things and didn't necessarily make sense of them, but and nor did her explanations make sense. It was a slightly embarrassing conversation, but I was down for it. And then even still, and this to me is just a product of the world that we grew up in before and how how I experienced society as a woman where I didn't feel like I had much of a say in things. So I didn't necessarily even know to stop long enough to think, oh, there's going to be a way that's going to be really beneficial to me. There's going to be a, something that I want in this situation that may be different than what is happening. And instead, it was much more of a go with the flow. There's also all that adrenaline rushing. It's just like, yeah, this is go with the flow for sure. This is just happening. I think that this idea that we would have a conversation about integration with a kid is, of course, a lead by example, as well as a trying to explain that. I mean, that's just not what was explained to either of us. We just, you know, nobody talked to you about it. And then mine was, you can do all this stuff, try not to have sex. And then, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know, I don't know that a 12 year old brain can understand that. And I think it's an interesting conversation because I'm interested in, in more in, well, in our different takes on it based on who we are as people, because where you come to in your life, it just, it's just radical how much changes, how much you begin to understand and how much you just change in what you believe and how you think about things. And there's no way to get here without having gone through it all. So you saying that just makes me chuckle because now I look back at my answer, I could see a parent of a 12 year old literally giving me the biggest eye roll (laughs) in the world when I'm like, you need to talk to them about integration of self and sexual self and human self. And I guess I just, I appreciate actually what your mom was saying in the sense that it was just very real. You know, it was just very, it was not complex. It was, these are your options. Here are the ones that are going to be better. And no matter if there is pushback against that, there are like kids, or at least I remember hearing those, hearing those things, like knowing what is, you know, what I should or shouldn't do and hearing that advice. And so I just, I like the clear cutness of, of that rather than my whole ethereal, you know, who am I and who am, who is my sexual self? No, I, 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 I hear you. And I also think that there are, you know, when we were growing up, there was not education for kids around intimacy. Never. Although I do remember even in Eastern Kentucky, them putting a condom on a banana. I don't know where That's, that's nothing. I know, but like that was a, like, I also remember the abstinence education. But I also yeah. remember, like that, there we did. I don't. I believe it I was sixth grade, but I don't. On a banana in Duncanville, I think that people did. All we got, all we we were separated into girls and boys, and then they told us about our periods, and they showed us a, a drawings of pubic hair. They were like, "This is going to happen." I remember the pictures of st. We got showed pictures of STDs. Ooh. In like sixth grade. Well, you need to. And it was like another, you you know, 47 years until I had sex. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the conversation, I remember when I was, I think in the fifth or sixth grade and I had this group of girlfriends and I hadn't gotten my period yet. And I suggested to them, I said, how about we all wear rings? And when we get our period, we'll wear rings every day uh-huh. to school. And when we get our period, we won't wear them. And that's how we'll know. It's basically like, you know, secret society, secret society, yeah, secret nonverbal, society. nonverbal yeah. communication. And I mean, I can remember the face of the girl, Crystal, who was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Which maybe means that they had already started their period and weren't interested in telling me, or they just knew that they were not going to be interested in telling me or whatever, that it was a dumb idea in their minds. But I really realized, I mean, I just wanted conversation about all of this. It's all this stuff is happening to you. And part of the reason why it gets so out of shape for people and nobody's, nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Did you feel like, this is a question, when you were around that age, did you feel like there was any sort of solidarity amongst girls with their periods? And the reason I ask, and then I'll let you answer, is because for me personally, with guys and and puberty and sex, like I was a late bloomer, right? Like I didn't have puberty till later. And locker rooms were traumatic places for me. And you saying that, like, I don't know. I I guess I feel, and maybe I'm wrong, like there was just more solidarity uh, amongst women and that when the guys is so individualized and so masculine. And maybe that was just my... I have a skewed understanding, or, or maybe this is more normal than anything, but I had two very different experiences. What I just explained to you about the UNO came from middle school and just a particular group of folks that I lived near in middle school. When I went to high school, which was the art school, I remember one of my best friends, Erin, st- stocking the tiny pocket on her shirt full of tampons. And, you know, she has this like little t-shirt on with a tiny pocket and she had it stuffed full of her tampons for the day, which was, you know, just like an art school kind of thing to do. Be really bold. I mean, anybody else was hiding tampons in their socks, going to the bathroom, like taking their purse or their backpack to the bathroom. Like nobody was trying to show off. And she walked around with her tampons stuck in her pocket. And so that's not probably not a normal experience. And so in middle school, there was just one girl who really had hit puberty and she'd also gotten pregnant. I don't know. Uh-huh. And then everybody else was scared shitless after that. <laughs> what is wrong with talking to a kid and just being really straightforward? That's what you should them? do. That's what you should do? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Is that what people, like, recommend? I don't know. That's what I'm going to do. I, no, yeah. I mean... I can't imagine not being straightforward. I mean, if it's happening, it's happening. I think the fear is that you're going to put something in their minds that isn't already there, but that's not true. Right. I think the other fear is just of getting too emotional about it and saying something like, but you can't, please don't, or asking your kid if they are and then finding out that they are. I think that the fear is that it's, you know, it's your own fear of awkwardness about it. But trust me, I'm not trying to have their friends teach them. Who are we kidding ourselves, even from our experience, to think that, like, kids don't know about sex yet? What is your relationship with sex now? What is my relationship with sex now? Um, 
it's an interesting time because we're done dating. We're now right. in our third year of marriage. We're, yeah. What's your relationship to sex now? I mean, it is, that's, it's an interesting question to kind of take a step back and look because there's a knee jerk reaction in saying, oh, great sex life. You know, like I feel like I, but at the same time, I don't necessarily have anything to compare it to. I don't talk about that intimate level of sex with friends or any sort of like support networks. Do you or any think sort that of... that changes? So, it's, so yes is is the answer. Yeah. Go Do ahead. you think that that changes the way that you think about sex? Like you have, in my opinion, a very consent based consistently consent-based, loving, open relationship with different forms of intimacy. You almost always call it lovemaking. You don't call it intercourse, which you did earlier in the podcast. (laughs) And you don't call it sex very often either. And so do you think that, you know, where did you get that? Who taught you that? If nobody taught you about that to begin with and you grew up in Eastern Kentucky, where'd you get that understanding of sex? I think it's just something that I have become hyper aware of kind of the realities of our world and the realities of how women are oppressed through sex and how just just the kind of the, the, the dominating nature of it, I'll just say broadly. And I, so I think I'm hyper aware of that. Now, I think the interesting thing. Wait, so like in all areas of your life, you're conscious about it is what you're saying. I'm very conscious Aware about it. Aware of the dynamics yep. and conscious about your approach. Okay. Right. And when and when I feel like you are in a healthy place with our sexual relationship, that that really, you know, I gain a lot from that and I I, I feel fulfilled in in a lot of in knowing that you're feeling that too. Now the interesting thing I think about this is but in a marriage, there gets to a point when you can also relax on some of those boundaries. And I'm almost even hesitant to say that, but I think sometimes... Well, I'm interested in where you're going. Well, what, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is like where, you know, in a marriage, once you've been married for years, like there are, it is a reality, or at least it's my understanding that it is a reality that like... There are ways in which you want to continually kind of like kickstart and new avenues that you want to explore in your sexual relationship. You know, you're out of this honeymoon phase. And so what I mean by that is sometimes I think I have such this rigidity to where sometimes that that isn't like that isn't necessarily the the phase in which we're in in our sexual relationship. I also then place these like other like super consent-based bounds on it because of my consciousness around, you know, the those implications. I don't quite know how to no, say I it. No, I know what you're saying. Let me just say, though, that Like, the, relax a little bit. No, because I don't think you're that... I don't think you're as rigid as you're describing. I think that, yeah, I, I can't even imagine a situation where it needed to be less relaxed honestly uh-huh. okay. like it's not it's not well it's, that's good to hear yeah, yeah it's not was, too rigid yeah. it's not like we're we have to have a 20 minute conversation <laughs> every time it's not like you can't come on to me it's none of that stuff it's all the times before you where I wasn't taking care of myself and others weren't taking care of me either so I think that that's perfectly fine for us to remain in this thoughtful conscious place about it yeah yeah. Well, I appreciate hearing that because I've it's a hard thing to express 
to to be vulnerable about about being like am I being too rigid with you, you know, and knowing that that's making you comfortable, but also knowing that I want this to be fun well, and exciting, and imagine, you know, at the same time. No, there's plenty of people I could imagine. I'd be like, that's like not sexy enough. You know what I mean? Like that's not sexy enough. The, all the co- talk and the thing, like you want the passion and the fire, which means there needs to be a little bit of a take me away kind of experience. Right, right, right. For me, for me. Right. You know, yeah, that yeah. I would like that kind of caught up in the moment. Yeah. Uh, the, but, and so I can see where other people could turn me off that way, but you don't. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad we, I'm glad we, had that conversation. And, Were you uh, ever worried that it was a turnoff? No, 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 no. Not, not necessarily worried that it was a turnoff. Just, just, I think self-conscious ar- around it. Um, just self-conscious around like how could have, could be more exciting. I think you are a shining example of being the sexiest man alive. Also the most conscious person. I know. <laughs> Laugh all you want. Well, it's true. I mean, I appreciate that because per per our conversation earlier, it is a hard balance, but per our conversation earlier, to think about me as a super late bloomer, you know, nerd to a certain degree in high school that felt like it would never, ever happen for them, you know, it's, I don't know, it just has has come a long way. Yes, you have. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in and listening as we discuss what is meaningful and curious to us. And don't forget to rate, review, and share with your friends. Bye.